0: travel industry definitely it was what what a roller coaster being at Samsonite for 4 years I started a year before the pandemic year 2 the whole globe stopped traveling and then there was a slow comeback and then there was almost like a burst where like everyone just wanted to get out and travel
1: This is the Snarketing podcast for marketers by marketers talking to marketers with just a touch of snark. Now, here are your hosts, Valerie Vespa and Matt Wurst.
2: Hi there to the snarky people, to the marketing people, and of course to our favorites in the center of the snarky and marketing Venn diagram, the snarketing people, because this podcast is for you. I am co-host Matt Wurst, and by day I am The North American lead for digital and social agency Connects,
3: and I am Valerie Vespa, co-host of this marketing marketing podcast. But by day, VP Brand Partnerships at Outfront Media, and really happy to be here today with you guys.
2: It's episode four. We're glad everyone has either found us for the first time or come back. I will get into our data, actually, a little bit later, because that's going to be a recurring theme. We like to look at the metrics, right? But I, I
3: like this because you don't actually tell me in advance, so I actually find out with all of the listeners, which is fantastic.
2: This is going to be, and I could be totally making it up, but that would not be credible, and I like to be as authentic as possible. So first, in the spirit of authenticity, I will tell everyone that, Valerie, you were on vacation for the last week while I was working, so welcome back.
3: Thank you. It feels good to be back. To be honest with you, I touched down in the United States and was very happy to be back home. I really. You had
2: it. a whirlwind tour. We were together in Cannes, and then you went to someplace else.
3: <laughs> yes, Portugal. Well, I went. I, I stopped in Saint Tropez on the way, and that was magnificent.
2: I have heard that it is beautiful. I made it about an hour on the way to Saint Tropez and then turned around and went back to Canton while we were there. But enjoyed the beach, enjoyed a lovely afternoon with friends before we left. And, and now um,
3: uh, we're back in the thick of things. Right into it, like head first, which so is great.
2: You landed for Portugal to a whirlwind of digital social media craziness because Threads launched about a week ago. And Basically. I was... Yeah, well, I had a a little bit of a head start on it. and knew it was coming, so I was prepared in as much as I could be, knowing not what it would actually look like or what a content strategy would actually um, entail. But as of this recording, there are, I don't know, a hundred gazillion people who have joined in the last week. Are you one of them?
3: I, I am, and actually... I was on my, in my, on my own planet with my in-laws in Portugal and was not really keeping up with the news. So the way that I figured out about Threads was actually from you posting on LinkedIn.
2: So- well, that's, that's a strategy. I definitely <laughs> shared on Twitter for what maybe the last time, I don't know, uh, and LinkedIn that this was up and running. And this is a great segue into the scene in The Herd, but this is what is happening.
1: We call this The scene and The Herd.
2: Right, we are seeing brands do things that they haven't done in a while on social media, posting without legal approval, um, in some cases posting without any rhyme or reason. But I'm getting a pang of nostalgia. It feels like early days uh, of social media, and I love it.
3: I know. It feels like an like a oversized group chat. And one of my favorite... Um, brand posts that I saw in the earlier days of me joining was one from American Eagle where they just wrote UGH, like U-G-H and the H just continued on forever and they go 500 is the max text gap on on your post. You're welcome. I mean, this was, was,
2: this is, yeah, there's like no (laughs) rules. I think social media managers were a little bit overwhelmed at first, but then got excited because they were able to do some things and maybe without having to think about it, just to test and learn. But we're starting to see some real creative strategy already. Uh, even over the weekend, some brands saw 40 50% increase in their followings. Uh, but it's Amazing. still far less than what their followings are on other channels. Yet the engagement rates, in some cases, are even higher. Because there's no paid media. There's no algorithm. And as far as I could tell, there are no assholes.
3: I think generally speaking, I was seeing a lot of friendlies and it felt really like a very safe, happy place. Um, What is your over and under in terms of it taking down Twitter?
2: I don't think one thing is going to take down Twitter. I don't know that Twitter is at risk, but they are definitely going to be challenged from a monetization perspective. And we will see as some of these other channels and platforms like Blue Sky and Mastodon and Spill, challenge Twitter. We might see fragmented audiences, but I don't know that I'm going to spend more time on channels. I might just be more spread out. And what does spread out mean? Meaning I might have a more defined strategy but spend less time on each of these channels. Right.
3: Right.
2: But I'm definitely spending less time on Twitter. Probably hours less already. Um I don't know that they are going to find a way out that is financially lucrative unless they really double down cut their losses and focus on a very niche audience which for twitter at this point it scares me what that audience might be
3: i you know for me i i feel like elon needs to be like homer simpson like like falling back into the bushes if they want to see any sort of progress with that platform And that's
2: not happening. We'll see. The the other thing that I think has been really popping off while you were overseas, uh, and it's everywhere, and you can't see me, but I am fully clad in pink, but it's Barbie. The Barbie collabs are everywhere. Barbie with Airbnb, Barbie and Oreo, Barbie movie, Barbie. It's just, it's taking over. And I wonder if there's such thing as oversaturation, in this case but collaborations and nostalgia are definitely happening
3: right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I I think it is is in any other sort of brand collaboration it would be overkill but I think with Barbie I I think people are welcoming one the nostalgia and two just the color pink. I think it's a happy thing. I think that it's the, she's bringing in new they're bringing a new tone to who Barbie is and I, I don't know. I, I, I like everything about it. I think Margot Robbie is totally like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So I don't mind seeing her on my thread as often as I have been. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> there's just a lot to visually love about it.
2: It's it's. I think it's interesting timing too, because yes, you always see historically big summer movies dominating the conversation. That hasn't happened for a while. And typically July and August are dead months for marketing anyway, or somewhat dead there aren't at least activities and events for us to all hang out at and that will pick up again in the fall but i wonder if between threads and barbie and some of the collaborations that we're seeing brands doing if that's going to sustain us for the entire summer or if everyone's just going to take the month of august off like they always do Uh,
3: probably the latter question i had was in being in the out-of-home space and cinema sort of being kind of partly part of this world. um, I, I almost, I don't know, maybe it's just my own conspiracy theory. I almost feel like there's some sort of puppeteering around the desire to bring people back into the cinema for, you know, to see movies, you know, when they actually come out, like there was, I saw something with Tom Cruise saying, you know, Margot Robbie, show me a ticket to your movie and I'll show you a ticket. Like, Show me a ticket of you going to see my movie and I'll show you a ticket of me going to see yours. And they both took selfies with each other's ticket to their own, each other's movies, Mission Impossible and Barbie. I don't know. I just feel like there's, I feel like there's a little puppeteering going on with some of, you know, whoever they are, AMC, whoever the other movie theater companies are to try and push people.
2: Well, those are, I mean, those celebrities as influencers and creators are always going to be at the forefront of marketing their own IP and the products and properties and platforms with which they are associated. So I don't know that that's entirely new, but given that the movie industry had a blip of a comeback and now streaming media and OTT is challenging it yet again, I think it's kind of a now or never situation for theaters. The one in my town closed a year ago and never reopened. I can't imagine how many smaller theaters around the country and around the world are also now. Yeah. So I think this is a pull out all stops, use whatever tricks and ploys you can, but we have to adapt as marketers to both the audience behavior and see if we can't lead them down a path that, We want them to. Speaking of leading our audiences, let's jump into digging into our data. So we have three episodes over the last month, and we have here, the data says, 532 listens. I'll be honest, I have no idea if that's good or not. Do you? I
0: think
3: that's not that great.
2: Okay, well, (laughs) then maybe we should spend a little bit more time on our marketing and a little bit less time. On talking, because I honestly don't think people really want to listen to us. I think they want to listen to our guests. So that's to, that's a key takeaway for I, me. I,
3: I think you're right. I think we need to change up our marketing a little bit, where we place it, how we promote it. I've been a little bit quiet in, with my promotions around it because I felt like we were just getting started. So, you know, I put that the onus on myself to be able to ramp it up a bit more.
2: Well, let's start with this episode because. We have a phenomenal guest who is delightful and creative and intelligent, and I was shocked to learn that this was her first podcast, but you, Valerie, have worked with her. Yes.
3: When I met her, I found her magnetic in terms of her enjoyment for all things marketing, and she's also very... She's from New England and we tend to be a bit snarky. And so she, I found her to be one of the most perfect people to join this podcast. And I think everyone will find it very interesting to hear our chat with her.
2: Well, then without further ado, let's talk to Chelsea.
1: Our guest is Chelsea Rothman, Senior Brand Marketing Manager at Samsonite, checking in from lovely New England. Welcome, Chelsea, and take it away. Val and Matt. So are you in your
2: role someone who actually is in charge of casting for TV and talent?
0: I am. I am. Yes, that falls under me and my team. Um, Yeah, it's great to hear that you've done voiceover work because most of the videos that we've created recently have all included a 30-second, 60-second VO. So, yeah, I sit on, like, the casting calls.
3: I must tell you, in my finance days, all the people I would speak to told me that I should be doing, and I'm dating myself, 1-900 numbers. So, I mean, I guess I, there's a draw to my voice as well. So, 1-900 <laughs>
2: numbers. If, you, if you're old enough to remember what that is, then thank you for listening and thank you for being that over 55 demo in our <laughs> podcast audience. <laughs> um, Chelsea may not remember that, but we can... Um, establish her age by triangulation as we get into her background before we do (laughs) first let's just start by welcoming you Chelsea to our podcast Um, we had Al do a great intro Al if you haven't met him yet is our announcer but good luck trying to find an address for him because he's actually an AI and I've just been mispronouncing AI and calling him Al so you will hear from him throughout the podcast he may pop in with some questions
0: all right, hey Al. I think
3: it's I think it's Matt's like like imaginary friend at this point. I think Al goes to like school parties with him. Like I, I feel like he talks about him every single time on this podcast, which is lovely because he is he yeah. is part of it. He's a
2: he's an partner. important member of our family, Valerie. And if you don't be nice <laughs> to him, just know that the rise of the machines <laughs> is coming.
0: Bring him in, bring him in in spirit and however, whatever form. He <laughs> I welcome Al. The more, the merrier. <laughs>
2: So I guess this is an interesting question before we get into your background, Chelsea. Are you, as a marketer, someone who is curious about all of the trends, the innovations, do you read, keep up with, subscribe to all the newsletters that have to do with this cutting edge technology that's going to change our world?
0: Yes. I'm on the spectrum somewhere. Not fully like immersed. I am not reading every little thing that comes out. I just quite frankly, can't keep up with it. It's like new stuff every day, but I like to be in the know because there's just so many applications of it. Like currently I am really amazed at what it can do for our little creative team. We have a small team at Samsonite and our creative team's small. And what AI can do from like the Photoshop and the beta program that they've been testing, I mean, it is, it's pretty amazing. We can take images. You could tell it to put in a blurred woman leaning on the building Voila, there she is. You can have a cat. I mean, the stuff you can just do, and I don't have a background in design, I should say that, but I am just blown away. We can take small images, make them large and horizontal that fit perfectly for digital needs, make a big, long, horizontal image fit perfect for a mobile need vertically. So there's a lot going on, even like just at that level that I'm... Has
2: your legal team weighed in with what you can and more likely can't do, given that some of these images may be sourced from you know billions of particles of stock imagery or owned assets that live on the web
0: that's a fantastic question I know legal would be say no hard no on everything
1: <laughs>
0: <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. well let's There are are the dream crushers.
3: I mean, I I think this is like a really interesting point because like, you're talking about having a nimble, small team and and we're talking about like jobs and what AI will do to jobs. The reality is it's just allowing, I think, for people to keep their jobs and just do such an enhanced version of creative design, because I think, you know, gone are the days of necessarily having to do a 60 second TV spot or whatever it is that you're, you know, designing for. And it takes six months to like produce and then, you know, plan it It takes another three months. And then a year later, you're like the the campaigns already, you know, like the, the whole thought is like already old and dead, like keeping up with the way that consumers are, you know, you know, ingesting media we have to be way more nimble with the imagery and the design and the changing out of that stuff, right?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And it really does. It helps us operate the small team at a faster pace. And even just like little obscure things that you wouldn't think would take all this time. Like an example recently is Samsonite has an incredible history. We've been around for over a hundred years and we, we don't have a timeline. like We don't have like a cool brand timeline that shows us from 1910 till now and all the amazing shit that's gone on in those hundred plus years. So we started creating this timeline and finding these old images from our archive, and they were very grainy and fuzzy. It was of the founder and his brothers and their original marketing tactics, which was pretty impressive for the time. They put a Samsonite trunk around 1910, 1912, and a, laid a board, like a a diving board, almost like that shape on the luggage and five like big men stood on the board to show the durability and the strength of the case of the trunk. And it's a really iconic, cool image, but it was very blurry and hard to get crisp for all the needs. We need it for digital and we want to print it out and put it on a wall. But with AI, we were actually able to sharpen it up a lot, a lot more than had our in-house team worked on it without. I- a lot quicker, I should say, if we didn't have that capability with AI. So that was pretty awesome.
3: Can we go back to like this hundred year old brand? Cause I find this fascinating. And I think there's so much amazing work that can go into working for a brand that old, but then at the same time, there's the challenges of like, how do you, you know, particularly in the travel industri- industry, so much has changed over time in the way people travel, you know, we're not bringing hat boxes with us, at least I'm not. Um, but like, you know, can you just kind of, you know, talk about how you're holding on to the past and bringing it into the, the the current?
0: Yes. Glad you asked. We just launched last week our Travel Like Your Parents brand campaign, and it's doing exactly just that. We took a multigenerational approach with this new campaign, and it features our old vintage luggage, which has been a fun assignment for me, actually, I've been sourcing all this vintage luggage because Samsonite surprisingly doesn't have much at all on hand. So I've been scouring Etsy and all the sites, eBay, everything, just trying to build up our own internal library of this old luggage. It's still in pretty good condition, testament to our durability there. Um, We feature it in the campaign along with our new luggage, our Elevation Plus, which has been our current day luggage that we've been promoting. And... um, Pushing for the past year plus, it's gotten great traction, but we want to keep that going. Bridge these two generations, and the whole the whole sentiment of this, and what we're really trying to do is nostalgia travel is having a moment. People want simpler times. I mean, myself, I'm definitely in this in this boat where I just feel like I am so glued to my my technology, my phone. We all are. I mean, the camera eats first when you get served a meal. You're, you're taking a picture, or a lot of us are. <laughs> When we're traveling, we're just like all about what can we put on the gram? What am I putting on my stories? How can I make this look cool to all my followers? I mean, even if you're not an influencer, like you're still falling victim to this. So this nostalgia travel is having a moment where people just want to be in the moment. They want to ditch the technology. They want to be present and have those meaningful connections while recreating happy memories from their past, whether it's with their real biological family or chosen family, friends, those memories of the past when before Instagram, before iPhones, that's just coming back right now. And Samsung was there for when that actually happened in the golden age of travel. So the fact that we were there and one of the only brands that can say we were there, we're really leaning into that nostalgia by showing the luggage from then, the golden age of travel from then, and then now with our new luggage, but people traveling just more thoughtfully, and not so connected. Disconnect to reconnect.
3: I love it.
2: Yeah, it's it's really smart. I think it leans into a lot of the consumer data that you probably have access to, whether it's first or third party. I mean, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about personalization and scale. If you want me to travel like my parents, I will end up complaining about the humidity everywhere I go. <laughs> I don't know if that's been baked into your claims. <laughs> but uh, clearly, My parents traveled in a different way, and even now, bring with them everything. Prepare for every scenario, which I think is great (laughs) for your brand. They are loyal Samsonite customers. But I wonder how much even in the last two to three years, with the travel industry experiencing significant disruptions, we all changed the way we didn't travel, and then again, the way we did travel. How much have you guys adapted your approach to address the changing needs of where we were, where we are and where we're going?
0: Yeah, I mean, travel industry definitely it was what what a roller coaster being at Samsonite for four years. I started a year before the pandemic, year two, the whole globe stopped traveling and then there was a slow comeback and then there was almost like a burst where like everyone just wanted to get out and travel. Um, so yeah, we we stuck through it all um, and we were ready for when travel did come back. Um, and I think, you know, it was challenging, like it's not my area of expertise, but yes, we experienced supply chain issues. We had inventory issues. We are caught up and it is great to just be there for this moment. And really whatever that moment is to everybody, like we always stress, it doesn't have to be these like bucket list, huge trips, you're going cross country, like that's not for everybody. Not everyone can can do that. I mean, you could just be doing a weekend trip in a couple towns over or going to the beach. You know, it it doesn't matter. But we have products and really great, innovative, modern-day products. That's one distinction. I mean, as much as we love leaning into our past, we really want everyone to know that we've always been the industry leaders in innovation, and we still are. So, we are continuing to innovate, especially as now everyone's traveling. We're making stronger, lighter, very modern products that look awesome. I mean, I really do think that Samsonites, we have an aluminum case coming out that like, I'm not going to name drop any competitors, but it definitely is looking really sharp amongst others out there. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're just there there for this surge. Um, and I don't know if that answers your question, but keep, keep I going.
3: i also think also thinking about like luxury, having such a spotlight and people wanting to have like designer stuff and, you know, look really good with like their logos and stuff. I, I think like a a piece of luggage really matters. I mean, yeah. like it kind of it like sets the tone for your traveling, whatever you're doing. So like having something modern and elegant and interesting looking is like, is is important to people. So I, I love it. I love that. Yeah.
0: And on that note, like we're really reclaiming that territory too. Like We've done a lot of work looking back at our old ads which some of them are just hilarious a lot of them did not age well but some of them are great and they really are very like fashion focused fashion forward at least of their time like in the 70s we had some vogue ads running with our iconic fashion air collection of the 1970s and so like knowing that that was our identity and history then we really wanted to embrace that now so i talked about travel like your parents which just launched but this whole year, we've really been focusing, focusing on this concept. It's our strategic creative framework, Travel Back to Now. It's kicked off in Q1. And actually, Val, we worked together a bit. Our our teams worked together with front on an element of the greater campaign. But we also worked with um, Saturday Night Live's Chloe Fineman. And the reason we picked her and did a whole, um, it was a video, uh, Travel Like an Icon, shot at the iconic TWA Hotel, which was... Fucking perfect for the golden age of travel. Amazing. You take, one, you take one step into that hotel and you're just transported back to 1960s, 1970s. I don't know if if you've been there, but it's a pretty special place. They've got like the music going, the displays. It's really interactive. And you just you feel like you're in another time completely. So it was the perfect setting. We had a great production team, Timeless Eye, love them. And Chloe just has this amazing, iconic style. So I'm getting to the point here, but she really is a fashion icon in her own way. She has great humor, great wit, which is perfect for the brand. So, we're just trying to find these modern day interpretations of where we once were and like how do we bring it and make it culturally relevant today. So, Chloe was awesome. We loved how that came out. The style was there and it made the luggage look really awesome. So, yes, it's a fashion piece and, and we're leaning into that.
2: When you have a fashion Background, and you mentioned you've been at Samsonite for um, an entire eternity of pre, current, and post, mid pandemic and post pandemic. But before that, your background, well, tell us a little bit about how you got to Samson, how you arrived with luggage in hand.
0: Yes, how I made my arrival. Um, Yeah, after graduating grad school, I worked at a handbag company. Brahmin handbags. They're located in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Um, smaller company, but a lot of opportunity. And it was it was a smaller player in the game, so it was great because we really had to be strategic. And we were just kind of riding. We were on the forefront a lot of on a lot of the, like the waves that were happening at the time, like influencer marketing.
2: Instagram so you're, you're wearing a lot of hats too, right? At a yes. smaller organization, even I've as always
0: a- worn. I know no different. I always wear a lot of hats. I like it. I don't know that I would- That's why
2: you need so many suitcases to fit all those hats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I would take a hat box, Val. I think I would. Um, (laughs) um, Yes, I've always worn a lot of hats. I do like it because marketing and social media and influencer marketing, all of that during this time at the handbag company was like really new. Instagram has been around for a minute now, but I remember like starting it there. It was brand new. And I was like, we really need to get on Instagram Um, because this company actually had a full factory right there. So they could make a sample in a day. Like they had a really cool competitive advantage there that they could, um, yeah, their production was really interesting. So there's a lot of opportunities of taking pictures and just really telling this smaller, lesser known Brand's story from a visual perspective on social media and then through influencers. And again, this was all like pretty new at the time. So it was fun to be a part of all these building blocks and, and learning as I went. Eventually that blossomed into like doing events and more immersive um, activations. I really it was great. I learned a ton, did a lot, worked with VR. So, yes, yeah, so it was a bit more fashion. Um, but come to find out that Samsonite really does well in the fashion space. The Chloe campaign actually landed us a really great fashion um, press placement. Like, where was it? An L, I believe. Wow. Um, you'll have to fact check that, but I think it's L. And I think it was, you know, we were in great company. Gucci was listed, but it was the spring's great, greatest fashion campaigns. And Samsonite, little old Samsonite, it was there.
3: I mean, I got to tell you, I saw pictures from that Chloe thing and and, and the colors and, I mean, the production on, it was just incredible.
0: Thank you. Yes, really we were very proud. We, it was a, it was a really good moment for us. We were super excited with how it came out and seeing it in the wild was fun.
2: Now, is she a native New Englander? I can't remember. She's not, she's, she's not West a West coast girl. Well, okay. Yeah. But you are,
0: I got it. Well, I am now. I'm glad that I, uh, I got you to believe that I was from here, but no, I'm from long Island. No. Yes, that's
2: yeah. Well, everyone from Long Island knows each other, so that's clearly clear. But you and I did not know each other. Maybe we're just too far apart in age.
0: No, um, we're far apart in geography too. I am from Long Island, but with the caveat that I'm from the North Fork, like all the way out east, very far out east.
2: Which is basically New England. If you could swim to Rhode Island from the North Shore, <laughs> you're basically from there.
0: I mean, right? It's a stretch. The and Block Island,
2: Island ferry, think or, North, or what do you, I don't
0: think the North Forkers would agree. But I mean. <laughs> it's it's out there.
2: <laughs> so you then ended up. So you went to school in New England. Is that why you stayed?
0: Yes, yes. I went okay. to I went to Providence College. I just like really liked it. I, like, still, I'm still here. I love Providence. It was like close enough to Long Island that I could go home if needed. Like three hour easy train ride to New York City because that's where most of my friends went after school, so I could visit them, but then be kind of like in my own bubble here. And I just had like great job opportunities. So just stayed. And
2: are you, I think I saw that you are still affiliated. Do you teach do. undergrads, graduate students?
0: Both, yeah, I do. Yes, um, I teach at Providence College, uh, just just one course a semester, but it is it's great. I, I really like it. I did um, undergrad fall, last fall semester and then grad this past spring semester. I teach digital marketing and social media.
2: Wow. I'm so curious as someone who has been out of the university and higher education game for, let's just say, a few years. How... I can see
3: you teaching, Matt.
2: Well, Sorry. I'm, I'm here to learn from Chelsea. So I'm curious how different the students that you are teaching and working with now are than when you were there. Clearly, the curriculum is different because there was no influencer social on the marketing 101 in those textbooks. Right.
0: Right. It's it's so different. And I I have no background in like higher ed. So I'm kind of like imposter syndrome, a little bit feeling, but like I have tons of great work <laughs> experience, which is why they asked me to do this. But when it comes to like coming up with the syllabus, which I do, I have to do that, but and curriculum and the bookstore is emailing me if I want to put in my textbook order, I'm, I'm a little bit like, no, I, I don't think so. I'm just you know little <laughs> articles, and I'm just pulling from kind of my day to day work life. But even yeah, it's changed dramatically, and it's even after doing it for a year, I still feel like I'm just scratching the surface of like what higher ed is today. Even with like a final um, project, it's really just like a presentation that they had to create. I was like, I'm just curious, you know, how are you getting what? Are, where where are your sources? I just remember it was such a hot topic. We needed like reputable sources you couldn't use wikipedia like there's all these like guidelines about like what was a legit resource yeah Um, you had to
2: like format it in proper right so now do people just put like a link to twitter and just call it a reference
0: it's like anything goes they were like i mean unless they are like playing me which sometimes i think they might realize i know nothing so they're like we can get away with this no no they're good. (laughs) Um, i mean they're like yeah there's really we we can take from like anything i was like that's that's pretty crazy okay i mean there's just so much like fake news and craziness out there like how do you even know what's what
2: well, I'm curious if what I'm about to ask you is or is not fake news, but also in my crack investigative research, I found what may or may not be true evidence that you were also the cheerleading coach at Providence College.
0: Fact, true. That
2: is that is true, okay? I will cite my source as your own LinkedIn profile, so I'm
0: hoping it's true. I was going to say, you didn't dig too hard for that one, but yeah. No,
2: no. Well, that's, you know, as someone who was now able to, is able to cheat our way through college with ChatGPT, I feel like using LinkedIn is old school.
3: We were going to use that as a lightning round question, but I think Matt would like to delve into this a bit further, so.
2: I I mean, I could probably spend another hour asking you cheerleading questions because it is, to me, the most incredible and fascinating yet under-celebrated sport. That is until cheer on Netflix came, which finally brought some cheer to cheer. Uh, I'm curious, did you grow up a cheerleader?
0: I cheered in high school. Yeah, I cheered in high school. I danced before that. I was like really into the whole dance thing. And then there was no dance in high school, but there's cheer and it seemed like a good time. So I I did that. And it was like right when Bring It On was like new and huge. So it was like kind of just, yeah, yeah. It it was having a moment. So I (laughs) I got involved.
2: So the obvious question is how did being a cheerleading coach for very talented collegiate undergraduate students how does that prepare you for a career in marketing
0: oh, good good question the cheerleading chapter definitely prepared me in in a lot of different ways but coaching was interesting because never in a trillion million years would i have thought i'd be a cheerleading head coach of a d1 program you could ask anyone on my team. They wouldn't have thought it either. It kind of just happened for a couple different reasons. But lo and behold, for one year, I did take over as head cheerleading coach. And it was, um, it was great. I mean, it's a really fun atmosphere. Providence College has like, actually, I don't even remember the exact years, but they do have a really dedicated fan base. Lately, it's been off the charts, like amazing. They've sold out the the amp where they play. Mm -hmm. I think when I coached, it wasn't quite, it was, it was in the build rebuilding years. Um, Ed, I could name
2: some college basketball players from your generation. If we wanted to go there, but we won't not a football school. It's a basketball. Oh, it's a basketball. Yes. Right. Does hockey have cheerleading? I don't know. I've never seen a game where, no, no. no. (laughs) a little cold. You'd be uh, be throwing (laughs) up uh, the athletes in the air. Slipping on the ice. (laughs) It's not cold
0: and dangerous. Yeah, no, we, we, we're on the basketball court. Great atmosphere. Yes, it's coming back to me. Ed Cooley had recently joined. He's rebuilding the program. We always get to play at Madison Square Garden. I say we like <laughs> on, like I'm on the basketball team, but the team always <laughs> gets to play at Madison Square Garden for the Big East uh, tournament. So you know, I would go down. There that's
2: with- a spotlight. So that's look. Yeah. Th- you got to prepare. You have to yes, be ready. Yes. You have to know your so, audience. This is marketing. It in is some marketing.
0: Way. It is marketing. And then running. You know, coaching. Kind of set me up and I didn't know it at the time, but like how a little bit of like a business angle, because I'm going to be very honest, I, I was pretty good at stunting, I was good at jumping, there's like elements of cheer that I was good at, and I could get by but the one, two things that I definitely was not good at, or I couldn't do for a full team is like, I'm not going to choreograph a competition routine. I just can't. And I also can't do gymnastics. Like the fact that I got as far as I did by just kind of like faking my gymnastics until people, <laughs> it was like too late for them to take me off the team, but like I was not good. Um, They're like, did she just do a cartwheel? Was that a cartwheel? <laughs> okay. I had like, no, no. What it was was I had like a solid like round off and like cartwheel round off solid. And I'd have this like big spring at the end. So everyone just assumed I could like do a back handspring. But no, 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 no. It well, was, it that's was... a
2: very different college experience than I had. For me, if I had a tumbler, it meant I was carrying alcohol, not doing flips and gymnastics. <laughs>
0: no, 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 tumbling. Somehow they like always orchestrated so like there was like four cheerleading cheerleaders not in the tumbling sequence, and I'd be like in the stunt instead. But I got by. Um, but what, what we did actually, when I was coaching that one year to get the team like going in a really good path and strong gymnastics tumbling um, routines for the season. This was not my idea, but a girl on the team had this brilliant idea of um, producing like a shit ton of t-shirts for freshmen when they moved in. They were just like PC t-shirts. So for like freshman move-in day, the cheerleaders like went around and sold these t-shirts that just made freshmen be like, oh yeah, I want like PC wear. Like everyone wants to wear the logos proud. They raised like thousands of dollars i don't remember how much but sold so many t-shirts to the freshmen so we had this like budget which was great because we got like no budget so we got this budget all thanks to this girl marcy who i still owe her for this so with the budget we were able to hire like an awesome like secondary coach who was an expert at all really all things but tumbling and coming up with the routine and choreographing so i mean I, i worked hard but i kind of also had this like awesome partner that It was like my agency in the business world. Like I employed this agency to (laughs) help help build the brand. Build the brand out So it worked out. Right? I love this. That's delegation,
2: right? It's what you want to keep in-house and what you want to outsource.
0: (laughs) I had to outsource.
3: (laughs) You are like the first and only person who I've known that cheerleaded and coached a D1 uh, cheerleading squad. I mean, like it's so impressive to me. (laughs) <laughs> it really is. No,
0: thank you. Thank you. It was it was awesome. It was a great opportunity and it was fun. Yeah. I loved my whole cheerleading chapter. I really did.
1: The Snarketing podcast is sponsored in part by Zarbi's Kids Melatonin Gummies. When your kids can't fall asleep, this effective drug-free bedtime sleep aid supplement will do the trick for children ages 3 and up. And now, back to the Snark
3: So coming back to Samsonite, sorry, Matt, like, where, like, where are you heading? I know that like you, we were talking about just like staying in tune with current day influencers and creators and, and, and being like a massive overhaul. I know you have people on your team that you work with closely that, that help you with that. Um, well, where do you see sort of this evolution and these stories going? Is it, are you sticking with this theme? Do you feel like each year you kind of do a reset in terms of direction? Like, how, how does that work internally with you guys?
0: Yeah. So for the past, we've really been at this, like, elevating, modernizing this brand hard for the past, like, two years. And we did do a reset between each year. We had our brand campaign last year, which was all about take what's yours take all your PTO, get back out there and travel, you know, work can wait, live. Um, we, We really, we love that, people love that, but we didn't feel like it really had the power and longevity to keep going for more than last year. So just knowing, kind of we've covered this base, but just knowing our heritage and that really cool history that the brand has that not many others do, we knew that was important, something we wanted to lean into. So we're hoping to keep this going beyond just this year. Um, it's not set in stone. I think we're still strategizing for what's to come in 24, but we really love this territory and we're most likely going to try to stick with it. We think there's a lot of opportunity.
3: And so from a production standpoint, are you going, are you traveling anymore for work? I know. Tell us a few of the places that the destinations okay. you've gone to to do these shoots.
0: Yeah, I've been on the go a lot this this half of the year. Um, I've been working on two brands, but I'll stay with Samsonite for a minute. So Samsonite, um, we were out in Palmdale, California, shooting Travel Like Your Parents at a movie. It's called, let me think what it's called. It's called Something Something Movie Ranch, but it was so cool. And I think anyone in the industry probably knows of it because it's been there for, I think, 25-ish years. But apparently, I got like the real high-level history, but apparently a... Hollywood movie set designer and a couple of his business partners found like the ultimate location in Palmdale, which is kind of like not a whole lot's happening. It's about two hours, hour and a half north of LA. But they found like this amazing spot in like the desert and built a movie set with like a motel, a gas station, a diner. Um, And it has this like really old vintage feel. And it's it just on camera, it looks awesome. Like there's been a lot of big time photo shoots that's happened there. I mean, there's tons of like entertainment history. Lady Gaga and Beyonce's telephone video was shot there. I mean, that was all I needed to know. I was I was in, um, I was in, but um, yeah. So we went there and we shot there with an awesome team. And that was really cool too. And experience. you know what,
2: next time Lady Gaga and Beyonce are there, they're gonna be like, is this where that Samsonite video was shot?
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, we shot in the same diner that they were dancing in. So that was kind of, that was a plus. Um, that, so yeah, that was, that was a good trip and that was just um, the perfect setting for this. Um, Cause we could, with the production team's help, of course, really have those two decades, um, present day and then, and we could just like make it all happen there, which was awesome. And we like left the movie ranch too. We went to other areas um, in the in that location in that city um, to shoot. So that was one. And then when we launched the travel like your parents campaign, we really wanted to educate people and like um, bring editors and some influencers up to speed with what we're doing, get them excited, and hopefully just like build relationships and see more press placements in the future. So we invited. A handful of editors and influencers out to Palm Springs, and this was just like two weeks ago, um, to really invite them to be a part of the Samsonite experience. There was a lot of thought and strategy that went into this. We sourced, along with our um, PR agency, old um, train cases, like vintage train cases from Samsonite, which there's just something so iconic about them. When you see the train case, you're just like, I want one of those, whether to carry and travel with or just like have on display in your home. They're really nice. So we found those and we stuffed them with goodies, but with the intent of them, like taking photos on a Polaroid and maybe even scrapbooking a little bit, like going back to yesteryear and living the moments and then like keeping the moments special in in those ways. Um, So that was fun. So we had this whole press trip. We're in Palm Springs. We did hot air balloons. We did like Really cool things. It was quick, three days, but it was really nice to like launch this campaign and then actually live the campaign and expand the Samsonite family. What was the feedback from the editors? They loved it. They're like still posting, which is so great uh, because the, the lines of editor and influencers like they're so blurred now. I mean, these editors all have huge followings too, so they get like the amount of posts and reels and stories and tags. It's really it was great to see, and the fact that they're still. Still doing it is awesome. And um, yeah, and we gave them like current day Samsonite product too to travel with. We, we didn't just give them the train cases, but the train case was a nice surprise and delight. It was like in their hotel room when they checked in. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was great. Well, yeah, two, two that's, good trips.
2: It's a very innovative use case because I think as the term influencer becomes maybe a bit more outdated now and everyone's a creator, including us contributing in this podcast space. Finding ways to stand out, finding talent in and across relevant spaces is going to be not only a challenge in terms of creativity, but really also an opportunity because that's authentic. It's how you tell your story. I'm curious, as someone who travels for work, if you sometimes find yourself experiencing things that you're like, oh, you know what? This would make for an interesting social media post or like, are you a focus group of one when you are living and breathing and I'm assuming traveling with your own product, at least I hope?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I only travel with Samsonite. I really, our luggage is the best. Um, am I having my own influencer moments? Is that the question? Yes, I guess. I mean, I, I definitely am like taking note of like, oh, this would be cool. And um, making connections out there, trying to figure out ways that we can just keep doing cool cool shit with samsonite because i do think that we've done a good job over the past couple of years really just getting back out there in like these relevant like top of the mind places that i think samsonite was a, just a little sleepy for a number of reasons for a number of years but yeah when i'm out there i'm constantly having those moments
3: Is there anything like happening in marketing and media that you're really interested in and you're looking to learn more about, or you're currently doing that or anything that you're terrified of, um, or (laughs) kind of just like eh, about, it could be any of those things.
0: You know, good question. Let me think on that. Um, I'm just so focused at like getting the brand out there and like connecting with, younger consumers again without alienating our loyalists. I know like every brand is trying to do that, but I just think we have such opportunity to, to keep it going. We like dip the toe in the water and like, what's the next thing? Like what's the next bigger thing that's still like unique to Samsonite. And that's kind of the puzzle that I love to like be a part of. It's like, I don't want to just follow what like the brands are doing. Uh, that's not going to get us anywhere. Like You're always late to the game if you're doing that, and it's not authentic. Um, so just trying to find the next, like, the Chlo- Travel Like an Icon with Chloe campaign was great. It was, again, just like a, s- a smaller, um, I don't want to call it smaller, but we want something kind of bigger that's a little bit disruptive for Samsonite. Um, so just trying to figure out what that is, is like what I'm always looking for. Always
3: disrupting. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I, I feel like, I feel like knock on wood, I feel like I'm always going to have a job because I just like, for example, like spoke to a 21 year old who's like interning at the New York times this summer and she was so smart and lovely. And she's like, Hmm, out of home billboards. So those work, huh? And I was like, Oh gosh, I am going to be educating people for a lifetime. (laughs) so long as i'm
2: doing this well we all have to stay curious we have to keep up with what's worked forever and integrate new and exciting innovative technologies Um, are there others here here. are you seeing things that others maybe not in your space but do you look at creative or ideas that others are putting out into the world and taking inspiration from that like who are you stealing inspiration from
0: i mean I think I saw something on Instagram recently, just the amount of content and videos. Like, like we've watched more videos in like one hour than someone in like the 1950s watched in like-, know, like An entire time. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm constantly always immersed in like what's going on. I mean, I feel a little bit on the spot where I can't like name drop a brand that I'm like really fixated on at the moment. But I, I really like to see like- I guess what like people are doing and how, I think maybe my head keeps going to like partnerships and like how brands are working with celebrities or like meaningful people that like make sense for that brand just to try to like get it out. I mean, this is nothing new, but just how are they doing it in a new way? Cause like, I do think it like the bubble, you know, it's like
3: a perfect example. And I think you met some of those folks um, at an event that was happening in Boston, but new balance, like talk mm-hmm. about a historical brand that is just yes. I mean, my son is like obsessed with like his New Balance kit, like collaboration sneakers, yep. like that I spent way too much money on. But like, I think New Balance is just incredible in terms of what they're doing.
0: That's a perfect brand to, to name up. Yes, a hundred percent. And we take a, we often say like the way they made the dad shoe, dad shoe cool again is like what we are essentially. In the travel. To, yeah, in the travel space. Yes.
2: Well, the best marketer is also the best consumer. Uh, And I can tell you personally that you and your company and your content have inspired us and inspires me. I was actually talking about it with my team last week, this campaign, uh, because I think, look, we're all trying to figure out new ways to cut through the clutter, but understanding what is emotionally resonant, what is engaging, And what will be everlasting is increasingly challenging, yet there are tools that make it easier. There are creators who will continue to inspire us and challenge us in new ways, and you are one of them. So I thank you for joining us, for sharing your wisdom. But before we let you go, I know you've been nervously or maybe eagerly awaiting this
1: experience.
0: A little of both, but bring it on. I'm ready.
1: This is Gone in 60 Seconds.
2: So we're gonna have okay. Al put 60 seconds on the clock and we are gonna get started now. First question, hard shell, leather, or fabric luggage. What is in your closet right now? Hard shell. Hard shell, okay. And when you are traveling with that, what is your favorite place to visit?
0: Ooh, favorite place to visit. Um, man, I like to go everywhere. Okay, let me think, let me think. I like to go to Naples, Florida. In the U.S., in the U.S. It's nothing exciting, but I like to get away and go there.
2: Last summer, I took my son on a road trip, and we drove through Providence, Rhode Island, and I gave him the history, and I told him, do you know that Rhode Island is one of the first 13 colonies? It was the first of to declare independence. Do you now, as a Providence resident, consider yourself to be a revolutionary? Yes. (laughs) Okay, we'll leave it at that. Are you someone who is more likely to ask permission or forgiveness when you want something?
0: Permission. I wish I was the opposite, honestly, but I, I overthink and I'm like, eh, I should probably get permission.
2: And in your creative marketing pursuits, is there a celebrity or a creator or an influencer that you most want to work with?
0: I mean, I'm not talking about Samsonite, but just like me. Sure. Beyonce.
3: Okay. We knew that from our earlier
0: <laughs> conversation.
2: And the last question as a I don't know, maybe former, maybe still current cheerleader. Who's your biggest cheerleader?
0: I've got a good team of cheerleaders. I'm like so lucky in that respect. I've got a lot of people that support me. I'd say my mom is number one. She's always cheering. My husband Will, he's a good cheerleader. My my best friend Miles, she cheers.
3: Who's your who's your favorite
0: person to travel with? My favorite person to travel with? Can I say that like I actually love solo traveling? It's like it's my jam. I love that. I love that. <laughs> my husband my husband would be pissed, but like he knows it. The first <laughs> oh, I mean this is 60 seconds. I won't tell a story. But yeah.
2: There's no judgment here. I'm about to get on a transatlantic flight and I'm very glad my kids are not with me. I'll say that right now. <laughs> Well, Chelsea Ruffin, thank you for the generosity of your time, for sharing your experience and expertise and a little bit of snark with us. We look forward to seeing bit. you in an airport on the road somewhere with a beautiful piece of fashionable luggage towed behind you.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: You've done great. Thank you so much. This has been really fun.
1: As always, that just made me a whole lot smarter. Which is saying something given my CPU is a neural net processor. I'm a learning computer. But thanks to Chelsea Rothman for joining Val and Matt on the Snarketing Podcast. Hope you
0: enjoyed it, and we'll see you again soon.